0: save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an ac pro recharge kit today be a pro with ac pro
1: baseball season it comes and goes but crawford bach just flows and flows it's the bach to drink any time of year you don't need a reason, cause it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs!
0: This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Car Brewing. Car Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Tonight, the Houston Astros continue their set with the Colorado Rockies, but it shifts to Denver, the first of two in Coors Field. The Astros took both games against the Rockies in Houston, including a 2-1 win in 11 innings yesterday. Zach Greinke, eight shutout innings, struck out seven. Miles Straw, two for five, including the walk-off RBI single, in the bottom of the 11th, as the Astros have won six in a row, they went 7-1 and one on their eight-game homestand. Rockies have lost two straight and five of their last six. Astros 13-10, second in the AL West, two and a half games behind Oakland. Rockies also 13-10, They're second in the National League West, four games behind the Dodgers. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. It'll be Fromber Valdez on the mound for the Astros today. Fifth in the American League with a 1.90 ERA. It's been fun watching his development this year.
2: Yeah, you know, and not not even really sweating to, to get through these innings and get deep into the ball games. And you're saying we Where'd the old Frommer go? But he's just he stayed ahead of the count and he's been efficient with his pitch count. He was a little wobbly early in in his last game, but he was able to right the ship very quickly. So uh, we're starting to see a a very good, mature left-handed pitcher for the Astros, and it's fun to watch.
0: Ryan Castellani on the mound for the Rockies, making just his third big league start, and. Uh, The Rockies pretty pleased with what they've seen from him so far, still getting stretched
2: out. Well, they should be. He's only 24 years old, and he throws his fastball 94 to 96, uh, kind of a lower three-quarter angle, so he gets some run on that fastball, especially into the righties. Uh, You look at him, the stuff is above average, commands a little bit below average. And when you look at the mechanics, uh, one of his buddies is Max Scherzer. His mechanics are identical to Scherzer, so uh, that's what you're looking at today at Coors Field. Keys to the game presented
0: by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals in all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. We've seen some great pitching between these two teams, particularly starting pitching. Yeah, that we? happened. It's been so much fun to watch, especially yesterday with Greinke and Antonio Senzatello for the Rockies.
2: Yeah, both pitchers, uh, eight innings, three hits, no runs. So. Uh, It's going to be different in Colorado. There's no doubt about that. And and we saw some balls, and we commented to each other even like I'm not so sure that that stays in the ballpark in in Colorado. So we'll see a little different game. The outfielders have to play super deep, so there's a lot of room for hits uh, up above. Uh, We'll see. You know, uh, I I think it's going to be interesting. The the biggest thing for me is watching Valdez, whose best pitch is the curveball in that elevation, try to – try to spin that ball. Uh, The humidor has made a little bit of a difference, but you're not going to be able to rely upon it as much as usual. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager
0: Dusty Baker. And a little later, we'll hear from Astros broadcaster and former Astros player Jeff Blum. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that good Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about
3: cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bock pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good 7th inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bock this season.
0: The Astros got their sixth-straight win uh, yesterday over Colorado and their fourth-straight one-run victory winning uh, yesterday in extra innings. Earlier in the year, this team was struggling to win those extra-inning games and those one-run games. Good to see it kind of turn around in your favor the the last few
4: days. Yeah, well, it's great, especially when you're getting walk-off home run. You're getting, uh, you know, they score, we score. Uh, you know, like when you're getting timely, some timely hitting, you know, that happens, especially in those extra uh, – I mean, games, we weren't getting, you know, the timely hitting. You know, there was a couple of times there was a runner on third, less than two outs, and he left stranded like they did yesterday. Uh, uh, there was a, a three or four times where, you know, just a single, you know, would have won the ball game for us. And so, uh, you know, it feels good when you're, you know, when you're winning those games. Uh, and, uh, boy, you sleep a lot easier and life's a lot better, uh, you know, than it was, you know, 10, 12 days ago.
0: Zach Rinke hooked up with Antonio Senzatella of the Rockies yesterday. Great pitchers duel, both of them through eight scoreless innings. Uh, I know, you know, as a broadcaster and as a fan, it can be fun to watch games like that unfold where, you know, any kind of mistake, any misstep could, could be the ball game. What was that game like for you over
4: those first eight or nine innings with no runs going across the plate as a manager? Well, as a manager, um, you know, you're not winning the game, but you're also not losing the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the fact that you're not losing the game gives you hope, uh, you know, that you will win the game, especially when you're at home you got the last at bat. I mean, you know, we play the whole nine innings and all of a sudden they score and then we score. You know what I mean? It's like, man, we could have scored earlier. Uh, you know, we had to go had to, go to uh, you know, extra innings. But both, both pitchers were dealing. I mean, those guys, that was a, that was a typical uh, pitchers' duel. I know people like to see offense, but every once in a while, a pitchers' duel is, is, is very exciting. You know, everybody's like, uh, you know, you're head's up on defense, your head's up on the bases, and you don't want to make the mistake that's going to put somebody in scoring position, and so you play your best baseball generally in those kind of games on both sides. And, uh, you know, they had uh, quite a few guys over there that could, you know, reach the seat. And you're you're sitting there like okay here comes Blackman here comes Murphy and you know here comes Story and you're like oh no well you know keep them in the ballpark and uh, so uh, you know Greinke was masterful I mean you know like he was uh, that's the longest you know he's been in a while uh, but he told me the other day uh, that hey man his endurance is up it's been getting up uh, you know every outing and he said that hey man I'm ready to go deep into the ball game and so I said okay we have you know, confidence, especially in your horses that you can take as, you know, deep in the ball game. And and more importantly, you know, he saved our bullpen here for Colorado because we used to come in here uh, when I was with the Giants and, and the Cubs and different teams and man, I mean, you might beat them, but you know, they beat your bullpen up for the next series. You know, that's what happens. And I'm, I'm just glad that we're only playing two games here versus, you know, three or four, like, like I've been accustomed to. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can come in here, win these two games, and get out of here, you know, you know before you go through the bullpen or before some of their bats wake up. Yardon uh,
0: Alvarez was put on the injured list before yesterday's game with the, the knee issues that have been, been bothering him. Uh, obviously disappointing. He missed the beginning part of the year, recovering from the coronavirus, had only gotten in the, in the, in the two games. Uh, what do you know about Alvarez at this point?
4: Well, um, you know, he's gonna undergo uh, surgery next week to correct a partial tear of the patella tendon in his right knee, and uh, he's expected to make a, a full recovery. And he's out for the rest of the year. I mean, you know, it's been, it's been bothering him for a while. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, the diagnosis was different, you know, this time than in spring training. So uh, you're not really sure you know, when it happened or if it would just happen through deterioration of, uh, in time. Um, no, we really don't know when when it happened, but you know, this is uh, nothing new. It's been bothering him for a while. So I uh, decided to to do something about it now. You know, I think this is his first operation and uh, you know, his spirits weren't, weren't real good. Because uh, I asked him, how do you feel? He told me that, you know, he felt and he felt poorly. And uh, that's about you know all that he said. Taylor Jones is, is is in there today because I like you know the matchup and 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 Toro's been struggling, you know, so you know we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, come on Taylor Jones for today and then we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. George Bregar was a late scratch
0: from the lineup yesterday with Miles Straw going in the center field. Uh, uh, obviously, that wrist has been an issue for Springer since the last road trip in Arizona, when he made that the diving catch, the, the right wrist. Is that just something he's just going to have to try and, and manage and, and play through the rest of the year?
4: Well, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. I mean, hopefully, he doesn't re-injure because a thing like that usually you don't get right until until the winter time, because you know you have to maybe brace yourself on a fall, or brace yourself uh, against the wall, or brace yourself diving back into first. And so I'm just urging him to go back in feet first, even though it's a natural reaction to go, you know, to go in head first. Uh, um, so uh, again, we're gonna to just keep an eye on it, and uh, and if he says he can't go, then I, I, you know I got straw, uh, you know, to put out there. Um, you know we're hoping that you know he can go. Uh, you know he says uh, it doesn't bother him hitting; it just bothers him on, on some on uh, on a couple slides.
0: Dusty Baker, thanks for joining us. Good luck tonight.
4: All right. You're welcome. Thank you, Robert.
0: All right. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbock Brewing. Carbock Brewing, crafted for serious fun.
2: All right. Jeff Blum is my guest today here on Astro Launch, and uh, they're playing the Rockies again, but they're not in the same venue. Go go to Denver. What's the difference uh, as, a, as a former player, Jeff uh, about going to Denver, and what do you have to adjust to? Well, the first
1: thing for the Astros and the Rockies going back to Colorado is you put the knife and fork down that you use to breathe in, in Houston, and you go up to the thin air, and you're breathing a little bit easier, but uh, your, your muscles are going to tighten up a little bit, so you got to make sure that you're pretty well hydrated. And I know that uh, the training staff is going to be all over the electrolyte uh, situation, making mm-hmm. sure these guys are ready to play, but you're definitely going into a situation where you – at Minute Maid Park, you're thinking line drive, gap to gap, and in Denver, even with the humidor, if you elevate the ball in that ballpark, it has a tendency to stay up a little bit longer. So, home runs are, uh, you know, easy to come by.
2: When the other guy's pitching and he's throwing a curveball or a slider, do you notice in Denver that it's a little bit different? It kind of flattens out?
1: Yeah, it, it completely does. You're anticipating a bigger break being down at uh, sea level down here. And Charlie Blackman has said as much when he started the series in Minute Maid Park mm. that there's actually a Coors effect when they go on the road because they have to adjust to how well the ball breaks when they get away from Colorado. But it's, it's hard mentally to imagine a pitch not breaking as much as you think it is. Yeah. So you really got to be pretty and prepared just to react. You can recognize spin, but you've got to react to where it is instead of anticipating where it is.
2: Okay, because of that, Fromber Valdez pitches tonight, and his big weapon yeah. is the curveball, right? So what does he have to do? Well, he's got
1: the high spin rate, and I know that you can probably talk to this a little bit
2: better, but you know, you would hope
1: that the spin is enough to be able to counteract you know, that thin air and get through there, but mentally, I would imagine as a pitcher you know that the air is thin, so you might be trying to snap it a little bit more than you normally do, and sometimes I've Back me up on this if you can, but sometimes you have right. a tendency to shorten the arm and really yank instead of extend towards home plate. Yeah. So that's where I think Brent Strom's going to have to talk to these guys and really get them to force them to really reach towards home and kind of stay in that traditional arm slot and, and delivery.
2: I, I think if you try to overthrow the break and stuff, uh, it's counterproductive. Mm-hmm. And I think you, at this ballpark in particular, when you're throwing the curve or the slider, it's way more about location than it is the, the actual snap of the pitch.
1: And how long would it take a guy to actually feel his pitch? Because Fromber does have that nasty breaking ball that's so yeah. effective for him. But how will
2: he feel that in the bullpen and be able to come to the, come to the uh, mound and be able to feel that? Yeah, I think so. You know, But one thing he'll notice probably is the ball's a little more slick. Yeah. So, you know, you're warming up down there and you're going, oh my gosh, I can't even, there's no tackiness. Well, that's tackiness. another residual effect of being in the thin air is that you don't have that moisture on the baseball. Yeah, so you, you got to figure out ways. I mean, now, you know, one of the rules is you can have that wet rag in your yeah. back pocket so maybe that's the ballpark you gotta take advantage of.
1: Yeah, because I really haven't seen anybody really go into that back pocket, touching that wet rag if they needed it, but I know that it's warm outside, you can get you know lathered up and use a sweat from your arm, or maybe hair gel in the back of your hair, maybe lube up a little bit more that's in that great. sense right yeah interesting a guy probably never <laughs> tried that uh, these are just things i've heard i've never seen anybody do this in person but uh, there, there's ways to get around it but yeah you got to make sure you have a pretty firm grip if you're going to try and spin it all
2: hey, right here's one of our topics uh, of conversation we watch nolan arenado and for me he's the best i've ever seen at third base you know we, we get a chance to see matt chapman a lot and he's great and you've seen a lot of great third baseman's in your career Vinny castillo was great and you played third base. Is Arenado the best you've seen, and what does he do that's so special? Um, his athleticism. I think that he is one of the more athletic, like a
1: Manny Machado, who is very good at third base, but the, the more athletic you are, the more creative you can be, mm-hmm. and I know that uh, Arenado's much like Matt Chapman where they play deep, so they trust their arm, they can get it to the, across the diamond in plenty of time to get the out, but they play deep, and they do a great job of getting angles, but for me, is probably one of the best guys at creating angles, and getting good hops and playing it into a good situation. But I'm with you. I've never seen anybody as good. I played against Scott Rowland, and he was a guy that I tried to mimic a little bit, but he was different in the sense where he kind of got down on his legs Mm -hmm. and tried to smother the baseball and then make the throw. He didn't make it look as elegant as Arenado does.
2: For Arenado, and correct me if I'm wrong, when I hear people talk about being really good with your feet as an infielder, you use your eyes. It seems like Correa does that really well for a six foot four guy, but uh, tell people how you can use your eyes to get good for work. If, yeah, if you're a bigger guy, Aronado's what, six
1: foot two maybe? Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, Carlos Correa is a great example of it. And he's a guy who really emphasizes footwork. And I've always been a big footwork guy because your feet actually get you in position to have soft hands. Mm -hmm. If you have guys who have stiff feet and aren't on the balls of their feet and don't really glide to the baseball, their hands get really firm. Mm -hmm. But uh, part of it is imagination. Your eyes have to tell your feet where to go. And it's imagining where that hop's gonna be. And all that is is repetition and experience and being in situations Mm -hmm and really practicing during ground balls and batting practice of getting your feet in position to get your hands in a better position. So that's where those guys are good. But uh, at third base, it's such a reactionary uh, position to play. And Arenado kind of walks into it a little bit, but watch him when he's on the balls of his feet because that's where you want to be. It's almost like playing defense in basketball. Mm You've got to be able to anticipate that move wherever it goes, but your eyes also have to be able to tell your feet
2: where to go to get the good hop. All right, last thing. This is just really quick. What would your advice be to Al Tuve if you're the hitting coach? Coach. I would narrow down one pitch. I, I, he gets uh,
1: into tendencies where he swings at everything. And I don't like the idea of swinging at everything. I think that you got to simplify, You know, ease up on the leg kick, get your feet in, in one position, and then get your hands in one position. Uh, his lower half is drifting forward. Therefore, it's bringing his hands forward. The head is moving forward. Find a way to keep that head still and just pick one pitch. Because if you go up there trying to hit four pitches, next thing you know you're going to be swinging at everything. And I yeah. think he needs to really either focus on a part of the zone or focus on on a pitch and don't swing at anything else. Because if you train yourself not to swing at pitches, that tells, your, that tells your mind that you're recognizing. And if you can recognize and then recognize the pitch you're looking for and be able to put a good swing on it, that's what you want to feel. There
2: you go. Great words from Jeff Blum. Thanks for catching up. Hey, good to be here out on the 18th. Greinke is pitching with a paintbrush this afternoon. Yep. Got the bottom third of the lineup up for the Astros in the bottom of the eighth. This might be it for Grinky right here. Pitch number 97 for Greinke. Curveball ball, swing and
0: a miss, strike three. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night for Sam Hilliard. Eight shutout innings for Zach Ranky. Today I thought it was the best best start so far,
5: feeling health-wise, endurance-wise, stuff-wise. I think I got to give a lot of the credit to the, the pitching development uh, of the organization because uh, to be able to have as many young guys come up as we we have and all of them are kind of throwing multiple pitches and locating them, and it's really I haven't seen that very often. Even one young guy coming up doing some of that stuff, and we've had a bunch that have all been able to throw multiple pitches and multiple counts and quality pitches. That's uh, it's good for the pitchers, but they have to be doing something teaching teaching them properly for that to even be possible.
6: You feel like you're putting the ball in, in the right spots. You only have four walks on the season. So are you locating the ball pretty well?
5: Really well. After the first start, the first start was pretty sloppy. And since then, I've been locating really good. That's why I've been able to have some success because uh, stuff hasn't been – I mean, it's not amazing anymore, but uh, it's okay And if I can locate, then that helps out and the location's been good.
0: Here's the situation. 1-1 one, one game, one out, bottom of the 11th. Toro the winning run at third. Correa is at second. Miles Straw was not intentionally walked. He's at the plate. And the Rockies have five infielders, three on the left side, two on the right side. Sam Hilliard, the center fielder, has come in to play on the infield. Outfield with Tapia in left center and Blackman in right center. 0-1. And that is line past the draw in infield and in the left. Coming in to score is Toro. And the Astros win it in a walk off 2-1 and
2: 11. Miles Straw comes through. And the Astros have won six in a row. Boy, it's not easy to line one through the infield when there's five infielders. But that's what Straw did. And it's a game winner for the Astros who have won six games in a row now. Maybe they should have intentionally walked
3: him. No, you know, it was just—it was good to—it was just good to get a win there. I mean, whether it was a hit, or, you know, a sack fly. Um, you know, this team, our, our our pitchers competed really, really hard today, and uh, to get the win for those guys and just an overall good team win you know, was huge for us.
1: How close to game time did you get the word that you would be starting today instead of George?
3: Uh maybe thirty, forty minutes or so.
1: What kind of adjustments do you have to make in a situation like that? Is it is it fairly – is it difficult to get uh, your mindset set to, to start when you weren't expecting to?
3: Um, I mean, you should always, you know, always assume, especially right now, George is kind of battling with, uh, you know, his wrist. And, um, I mean, even during the game, you kind of always expect, you know, expect for the worst. So, um, whether, you know, George hit the double and slides or whatever it may be, um, kind of just stay ready, um, you know, he's playing – somewhat through something right now. So, um, you know, you you always expect to to go into the game at any time, as you always should.
6: How does it feel to get these type of opportunities? Dusty told us earlier that this is, you know, you all's time to shine with the injuries that's going on.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, playing is definitely better than not playing. So um, just to be out there on the field, um, just competing right now is fun, especially when we're winning games like this. you know, the close wins are huge especially it's six in a row now uh just nice to have this kind of streak going and you know it makes baseball a lot more fun
6: you think that the, uh dusty said the dynamics is going to change once you all get into that park tomorrow um how does that change for you as a uh, player in the outfield uh it's definitely a bigger outfield uh the ball flies
3: a lot better um, you, know, you just play a little bit deeper big gaps there just just different. It's a different ballpark, different air, and uh, you know, same game though. So, just go out there and uh, maybe run a little bit faster for some balls, and uh, you know, just keep the ball out of the gap as much as you can.
6: Anything else for Miles? I got one more, Chris. I just wanted to ask you, um, what did you think about Grinke's performance today?
3: Uh, Grinke amazes me every day. I feel like. I feel like he made up a new pitch today. I kept looking up at the scoreboard and seeing like 78 miles an hour, and I'm trying to think out there like, what does he throw? That, that, that's hard. I mean, um, I guess it was this changeup, which, uh, you know, I'm used to seeing it like 87, 88. It's kind of used to like a two-seam, but, um, you know, he's, he's unbelievable. He puts the ball exactly, where he wants it just about every time. Um, and uh, playing behind him, I'm mean, using l- a lot of ground balls. Um, but he does get some fly balls, but uh, just watching him pitch and, and play with him is, is very special.
6: It's so funny you said that Kostrami told us the same thing today, saying that sometimes he looks up and he doesn't see a pitch. It just goes unknown.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, that's that's, a, that's his curveball, which ranges anywhere from like 61 to 70, so um, or 72. But, um, yeah, I mean, he just he has better feel than anybody I've ever seen or played with, so, I mean, you know, you trust that guy, what he's doing out there, and, um, you know, you just you want to play
0: good defense. AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun.
4: See you later!